I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined. As always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Sitting here, just F5, 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 F5. Refreshing that Twitter page, waiting for Kawhi Leonard. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? (laughs) All right, we feel a little bit better today. Yesterday was yesterday was a little uh, a little rough. The fire, the fire, and a fiery Isaac has died down. Uh, a little, a little bit better. Still, some frustrations. Kelly Olynyk is not a Dallas Maverick. All right, so well, woo. At, le- at least at the time of this recording, um, that'd be quite the plot twist. They've already kind of <laughs> figured out the trade, so uh, that definitely uh, um, warmed my heart because that was there was two sides to this Dragic thing. It falling through and frustrations about that, and then not just it falling through, but then we could be getting the contract of Kelly Olynyk, and so. We didn't get a, a Lenick. Now that he's not coming, do you want to say anything mean about him since you didn't want to before? No, because obviously Dallas liked him enough, so uh, <laughs> I don't want to in case that scenario ever comes again. Shoulder dislocator? <laughs> what a fiend. Um, but no, I mean, yeah. However you want to feel about the bigger picture, you can. I think you can at least say that Dallas took a, a, a few steps forward today. Uh, and that they made uh, some solid moves and uh, bringing the band back together. <laughs> and um, but and we'll talk about the moves they made today for sure. Absolutely. So today on the podcast, we'll talk about the whole Mavs situation as of right now. We'll talk about Seth Curry bringing him back. We'll talk about Maxi Kleba and his deal. We'll talk about how much cap space the Mavs have as of right now. We're recording at 1140 Central Time on uh, on Tuesday night. So. Um, this is where we are. Things could definitely change. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's a, a lot that can change. Obviously, there's a couple things floating around right now. The Kawhi Leonard thing is obviously massive. Uh, and if that happens, then yes, we will re-record this podcast. And maybe we have by the time we listen to this. Uh, but then we'll also talk about what's left as of right now. So we'll talk about the, the free agents that are still out there. Again, that can change up to the minute. We'll also give uh, w- things that the Mavericks can do to help improve the roster besides just free agents. Cause there's other things that Mavs can do. And this is something we've preached for a long time. And uh, I'll just talk about this quick and then we'll move on to the, the news. We've, we've been talking about this so much. Cap space is not just about free agents. It seems like it right now, obviously, because that's the thing to do. That's the, you know, we've been talking for days about, you know, all these different guys and the players that are out there and, you know, profiles on all these guys and everything. But Cap space is flexibility to be able to add some of these guys, to be able to do what, you know, the Clippers did, to be able to add Mo Harkless just into your space and get a pick for him or, you know, to yeah. do some some of these other kinds of things. So um, it's about flexibility as well. So the Mavs are a team right now that they don't have to have their team set right now. They're so young. but Their, their two cornerstones are so young that they, yeah. need, they need their team set in three years, right? Like, Honestly, they need that team yep. set in, in, in three years. We should be talking about the Mavs in the finals, right? That's kind of the, the path laid out. We're not expecting that now, but we need to start adding some pieces. And if 
the certain pieces that the Mavs really wanted to add to this scenario didn't didn't work out, then I'm fine not giving, you know, three years, $60 million to Julius Randle, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, Stuff yeah, like that. So th- I'm okay with going into the season with some cap space as well, if that's what it turns out to be, because teams always make moves at the deadline. You know, teams get desperate. Teams get right on the edge of the play, the cusp of the playoffs. You know, an East team could say, man, we really want to move off of this guy's contract. The Mavs are like, sure, we'll take this and we'll take some of your young guys. And we'll take all, you know, this stuff. And that's something to look out for as well. And I know it sounds like we spin things and we try to be positive, but we we're always just, we try to be positive people in general. So we're usually going to spin things in a positive way because we'd rather have fun talking about mm-hmm. it. We, we're not the show that's going to come on here and just like completely be angry for, you know, 40 minutes. <laughs> it's just, that's just not our brand. If you guys have listened to this podcast enough, we like to laugh. We like to enjoy talking about the game. We love basketball. We love, you know, talking about these guys and, um, we want it to be positive. So I, I've seen that a couple times. People are like, you guys just spin everything. You want everything to be positive. Like, yeah, that's what we do. And I hope or at least I, bring I, a different perspective of yes. how you can view things differently because yes. you do fall into this vortex sometime of just, Hey, what is Twitter? What is the common thing on Twitter right now? That's the, that's what I fall into. Let's all just have fun with it. And rightfully slow. We both sat there and, and criticized the Mavs a lot yesterday. And, uh, and, Share our opinion. There's frustrations with it. Didn't agree with some of it. It was like, what the crap's going on, and and all that stuff. There's room for truth, but there's also room to hey, let's look at some different perspectives on it. Let's see. And, and I mean, if we're being honest to it, there's a, a it's a little bit different too when you're walking in a locker room and seeing some of these players and these people's faces. It's easy for some people uh, to talk about it when they're not seeing these players or don't have relationships with these players, and that adds a little different twist to it too absolutely absolutely and and yeah like you know there's a little relationship with players and we've learned over the past couple of years that you have to be very careful in some of the things that you say we've had you know players dm us we've had players come up and confront us about things we've had 100 percent. we've had players uh girlfriends dm us and and talk to us and say why did you say this about blah blah blah. and i mean it's stuff like that and you wouldn't think you know like we're just these two random guys doing a podcast but once you start building a platform then you kind of have this you know like a like a stage to to present this guy (laughs) to to the world i guess and talk about him and influences people and so uh yeah, I don't know why we went down that tangent, but okay, <laughs> let's get back into the Mavericks stuff. So, currently, the Mavericks have $22 million in cap space. We'll talk about the things that they can do with that cap space later, but the big addition today was Seth Curry. He's back. He's Welcome back, back S-Dot Curry. S-Dot. Yes, if you haven't seen my, uh, my Panda parody video that I did about Seth Curry, man, that was two years ago. I did that. Good I did it for Lord. Mavs fanatic. That's how long ago it was that they weren't Dallas sports fanatic, that they were Mavs fanatic. Uh, go to my Twitter and look at that video. Kind of fun. And um, so they add Seth Curry. They get him for four years, $32 million, which is, I think was a great deal. Um, yeah. You kind of wish this happened last year, <laughs> right? Then you added him last year to that team. Uh, we could have just kept him on the Mavs after that year where he was injured. Um, but Bringing him on, I'm very excited about this. He was like third or fourth in the whole NBA in three-point shooting. He's only ever shot like 44% from three his whole career. <laughs> he he just lights out from three, and you you got to love that on a team. He played in the 
you know, in, in the playoff, deep in the playoffs this year with the Blazers. He got that experience. Now he's coming back. He's going to get to play with Luka. He's going to be able to do what what Steph does a little bit in Golden State, where Draymond handles the ball and Steph can play off the ball, run off of, off ball screens, do that kind of stuff, and then you know, spot up for jumpers. He's going to be able to do that same thing with Luka. Luka handling the ball. He's obviously going to be able to do more things than Draymond does, but. Seth Curry coming off of screens, doing things like that. I'm just, I'm super excited to see this work. Oh yes, super thrilled that uh, one that they got him to commit right now because Seth was yeah. a target, and a lot of people thought the Lakers and Clippers and yeah, I did. Uh, you know that would be going after you know Seth, and that I think a lot of people thought that he was just waiting on uh, the Kawhi hammer to drop too. So it was cool that he would commit to come back to Dallas. He, you know, played. You know, he signed to Dallas in 2016, 17. It was his first season. It was cool that he committed to come back to Dallas because it sort of ended in a weird note, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of you may have just joined when Luca was drafted or anything, but when we're, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. When we, when, when Seth Curry was going into his second season, I think with Dallas. Yes, he. His first uh, season was 2016, 17. It was Dennis Smith Jr.'s rookie year. Yeah, that's when. His the sixteen seventeen season was his uh, his first season in Dallas. He literally averaged twenty nine minutes a game, played in seventy games, and uh, and then going into his second season at age twenty seven in Dallas because it was just a two year deal. That's when you're like, all right, this he's going to build on that first season. He's playing almost thirty minutes a game. Like he he's doing a lot. And then we were talking about what's the fit with Dennis Smith Jr. When are we going to see this? And at the beginning of the season, he had like these shin splints, right? Like. The- Yep. This, this uh, what did they what did they end up calling it? Like a stress fracture, stress fracture in his tibia, yeah. something like that. I remember, I remember that because we talked about it so much. I and, remember it being at the restaurant in da- in Dallas. I was at a, a yoke restaurant eating breakfast <laughs> with my wife, and I remember getting the PR email saying that you know the stress fracture is you know in his shin, and that there's not a timetable for his return, and, and he was out indefinitely. But I remember even before that that um, Carlisle said he would be ready for opening night. And yeah. Carlisle was like, we think he's going to be ready for opening night. And then it just kept stretching and stretching. And then it was that indefinitely email. And then, you know, it just it lasted the whole entire season. He never played. And then he just left Dallas. And we were like, "What? this is so weird. Was it the medical staff? Was it? It was almost like a mini Durant kind of thing where we're like, what is going on here? Was there a misdiagnosis with this? Why, you know, why did he have to sit out the entire year? What's going on with this? We didn't know a ton of information about it, and now he's coming back. So even if you know situations can get weird like that with medical staffs and sitting out the whole year, I'm glad that he was able to come back, uh, and he felt comfortable enough to come back. That you know, to me, says something about that situation. Now maybe I was only the only one thinking about, like, man, I want that situation to be resolved and not have this <laughs> unresolved thing with Seth. But. <clears throat> Yeah, so he goes off. He has that kind of weird exit with Dallas. Goes off to Portland. Uh, is a, a a kind of a bigger rotational piece for him off the bench. And like you said, played uh, deep into the playoffs, Western Conference Finals, going against his brother. Uh, had cool. some big moments in, in that series where, like, man, he, like he's here. Like, and you know, he he is a little bit older than what you might think. Looking at him as baby Curry, yeah, little Curry, two years younger than Seth or Steph. Jeez. Yeah, so he, you know, he's he's. Uh, he's 28 years old, so and we get to do a fun thing this year that we didn't get to do Seth's last year. Obviously, we tried to track how many times Mark Falwell says Steph <laughs> instead of Seth, uh, and especially 
Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. <laughs> Harper, Harper, Derek Harper. We we especially have to watch Derek Harper because he will call him Steph more times than he will call him Steph. Maybe even said says. Oh, is that the said says <laughs> said says Steph? <laughs> um, but take away Seth Curry's. Um, let, forget every bit of his past that we just talked about with Dallas, and even take away his name and last name. The definition of Seth Curry, a 45% three-point shooter last year who can create off the dribble. Yeah. He is 28. You're getting him for $8 million a year, basically. That's the type of guy you want alongside Luka and KP. We need shooters. I mean, literally a top three three-point shooter in the league last yes. year. And not just a top three three-point shooter, but he's not like Kyle Korver either. He's not just a stand-in-the-corner three-point shooter. And I mean, he takes threes off the yeah. off the dribble. He, you know, all that. So Shots at Kyle Korver, but yeah. Well, uh, yeah, just saying he's not just a, a Ryan Anderson type, you know. Yeah. Just stand wow, shots still. at Ryan Anderson. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it And what? Seth is also he's not he's not completely a pushover on defense either. That's one thing that we were really surprised at that first year he played when he was playing almost 30 minutes a game is Carlisle would say again and again he's like, "Man, I am more impressed by his defense and the way that he can pressure the ball and he was Decent defensively. Now, he's not locked down. He's not Patrick Beverly, obviously, but he's better than maybe what you think if you just see, like, oh, Seth Curry. He's, you know, a th- small three point shooter that, you know, is like 6'2 and the small guard. But yeah, that that's another aspect of his game, too. Yeah. So he fits the definition of what you would want as a signing. And it's just the added bonus that he knows the system. He knows this offense. We're familiar yeah. with him. The franchise is familiar with him. They liked him. Uh, Quite different every- than when he played, though. <laughs> it is, yes, it is, it is a lot different than uh, as far as Luca and KP being here now. So uh, just a great overall signing. Uh, you should have a smile to your face when you saw that deal. Four year, eight million. That takes him to you know age thirty two. It's just a solid deal. I'm happy he got his money. Uh, he's going to get a ton of open looks playing next to KP yeah. and Luca. That's going to be awesome. Uh, the thing I think is a little bit up in the air is what's his you know what's his for sure role. Yeah, and we don't know as the roster is right now as we're recording this. Uh, that's the only like brand new addition to the team as far as outside free agent. Uh, and you know, right now it's him or Jalen Brunson starting at the quote point guard spot, you know? And so yeah. what, what does that look like unless they go out and get somebody else? Uh, I th- personally, I think he, he's better suited to come off the bench. Uh, but that's just me. And uh, we got to see how you know what the rest of the uh, summer or free agency looks like over the next few days, but we'll see. Can are you okay with the Mavericks starting Luca, Tim Hardaway, and Seth? I am okay with it. However, I think I have a little bit lower expectations. I ju- I want this season to be all about building the chemistry between Luca and Borzingis. Oh yeah, that should that's be number I, one goal. That should be the number one goal, even even over making the playoffs. To me, it's, that should be the focus. And I think that Seth can add that that he can be a glue sort of guy on, on as a guard uh, in a different way than like a, a guy that needs the ball in his hands all the time can be. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah for sure. And so I'm okay. That- I'm okay with it. The Tim Hardaway Jr. thing. I've always been a proponent of him coming off the bench, but. 
Oh yeah, we we'll know. see. We'll see if they can add somebody like that. Um, the last time Seth Curry started a game for the Mavericks, can you can you guess the rest of the starting lineup? Oh gosh, no way. It was against Dirk. The, it was against the Grizzlies late in the year. Dirk did start. <laughs> Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes did start. Wes. Wes Matthews did start, and the fifth starter. Salamajri. It was not Salamajri. Nerlens. It was your boy Nerlens Noel. <laughs> that was the starting five. Hmm. And off the bench was Devin, JJ, Yogi, Dorian, Salah, and the Argentinian. Nico! Nico Brusino played <laughs> again the last time Seth Curry was started for the for the Mavericks. So I'm we're excited about about Seth. Um some people are very upset thinking that he could be the starting point guard, but you have to think of it in a different way. He's the, he's the he's a starting guard. Luca is the point guard, right? Yeah, I think there's questions defensively. Like if we roll out Seth and Hardaway alongside Luca, who guards the other point guards? Uh, are you asking that of Seth? And uh, yeah, we just we just got once again we gotta see what happens over the next few days. But great signing for Dallas bringing Seth Curry back. Yes, and uh, then. Let's let, actually let's take a break. We haven't taken a break yet. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about Maxi Kleba and the things that the Mavs can do to help improve their team after all of this. All right, Isaac. So Maxi Kleba signs a four-year, thirty-five million dollar deal, uh, thirty-six million dollars according to Dallas Morning News. We're not sure which one is right at this point. Uh, there's apparently a team option on the final year of that deal, which is. That is a very favorable deal. <laughs> That's yeah. basically a three-year deal with, you know, just a, a straight-up option for the team. If he's not, you know, if he hasn't improved or he's not playing as well, the Mavericks can just cut ties straight up like that. And that is, it's pretty crazy. Seeing a team option is very rare. Um, you don't see. I think the only team option this year was like Paul Millsap. <laughs> yeah, I right? think Julie, Julius Randle might have gotten one. And non guarantees are kind of like that, but they're not exactly yeah. the same. Um, but yeah, it, it was cool. We we were worried about Maxi on the restricted market. Yeah, this uh, it's always um, a good thing when restricted free agents you know, come to terms on these deals, and it's not the awkward hey, go out and get a deal, and then we match it, and then it's kind of weird because they wanted you know they wanted to sign a different deal, and so this you know mutual they they wanted to get this done, and yeah, I mean like you said, four years, thirty five million for what Maxi brings. I mean a lot of. Uh, nerdy super smart people really like maxi you know yes. in the league and that's why zach Lowe and some of these guys are saying man there's buzz around him mm-hmm. so he's a key part to that bullpen at the center position like we said you know right now at that five spot you have dwight powell back you have maxi kp's gonna get some minutes there and i think they're still missing that banging rebounding uh spot at the center uh, bullpen rotation but he had to bring maxi back uh, huge, huge presence off the bench, and he, he's just an interchangeable big. You can play him at the four and the five at times, but I think he'll be the backup four to KP next season. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, and if they do get a, if they do find a starting center, that doesn't seem to be very many right now. But if they do find a starting center, bringing Dwight off the bench with Maxi was an incredible lineup last year. I mean, the two of them yes. play so well together, and we'll definitely see them play together. We'll see smaller lineups with. You know, Porzingis at the five and whoever else at the four, Dorian or or even Luca, uh, against certain lineups. So we're uh, we're glad that Maxi is back. And j- just uh, just 
he got four years, thirty-five million. Bobby Portis got two years, thirty-one million. To give a little bit of perspective uh, on that, uh, even going back to the Seth Curry deal, Seth got four years, thirty-two million. Corey Joseph got three years, thirty-seven million. Yeah, definitely would rather have Seth Curry. So th- there are a handful of deals uh, in that Seth Curry, Corey Joseph type of tier that really makes the Seth Curry deal uh, favorable for Dallas, uh, and the same for Maxi Kleba too. So uh, love mean, bringing even Al- Alfred Payton got two years, sixteen. <laughs> That's that's a close deal to, to what Seth. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. Weird. So I mean, that's both of those deals are solid, great moves in the right direction. Does it erase everything what happened in the first day and just the cloud yes. of confusion and frustration? <laughs> it doesn't erase <laughs> all of that because the optics are no. really bad from it, and you're like, man, you kind of bummed because you didn't get the bigger names and all that stuff. But at least these two deals are solid good value deals compared to if they went out and spent that money on 20 million on Julius Randle or something like that. And it's just a reminder when it comes down to money and Nick started the whole pod saying the Mavericks have 22 million in cap space. Since Seth Curry is uh, bringing him in as a free agent, his money will count towards the 30 million in cap space. So that will take them down to the 22. Maxi's new deal they have to wait. So when they they can wait, they have his bird rights. They wait, use up the twenty two million, then they can sign Maxi on top of that. That's why you can't factor in the Maxi deal into the twenty, you know, the thirty million. And some people are kind of confused on that right now. So yeah. you just have to. The Maxi deal's there, but you can't even like don't even think about, it, don't even like count it yet. That will be one of the last ones. Bird rights is the ability to sign somebody over the cap. We talk about this over and over again with with Porzingis. Porzingis has a cap hold of seventeen million dollars. That's a placeholder, so that takes yeah. up your, that takes up some of your cap space. However, you can keep that cap hold, and then you're able to sign him to his huge, you know, thirty plus million dollar per per year deal uh, over the cap. So they can use all their all their other cap space. Then they can revisit Porzingis and sign in. That's why that's going to be one of the final things that the Mavericks do. The same thing with Maxi Kleba and, and Dorian too. Maxi's yeah. you know cap hold is like one point six something, one point eight. Yeah, and so it's very small. So that's going to be one of the last things they officially, you know, I'm using air quotes, officially, you know, say is that we have signed Maxi Kleba, and so they're going to wait, have the bird rights, so that cap hold stays on there, and then they'll add it to the books. So that's why if you go on like a site like Early Bird Rights, that does cap sheets all the time. Um, he'll have Maxi's, you know, salary on there, the salary that he's going to get with the agreed upon deal. But on the bottom, it'll say maximum cap space. It'll say 22 million, even though the numbers don't really add up because that's not taken into account yet. Exactly. And that, and, and the same thing will apply for JJ Barea also. Yes. We've been saying for a long time, JJ Barea is locked. He's going to be back. That's, you know, uh, guaranteed. I think Nick... Nick threw it out there um, over the past few days. I, I think you brought up when saying, is he just going to be a minimum deal? That looks like what it's going to turn into. You've seen Stein and Tim McMahon say that. But he's going to be one of those last ones also yeah. that you bring him in on the minimum after you use up the other cap space. I saw someone say this today. I can't remember who it was, but they said J.J. Barea will be a minimum guy. Unless there's extra cap space left over, then they'll give it all to him. Kind of like what That's, they I mean, used to do with Dirk. 
I don't know about all of it. I think it was a Tim McMahon uh, tweet. I I just think if they spend their money, like if there's 22 million in cap space, and let's just say they spend 20 of it, and yes. there's still two million two. cap, they might just say, hey, instead of the minimum at one point, you know, six or whatever it's at, we're gonna give you, you know, three point six, and we'll give you the extra two. You deserve it. We'd love you. You're part of the the family forever. So I think it's more like that. I don't think it's gonna be, hey, here's 10 million. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> leftovers. So, that's that's what I meant. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. So. But three, it, yeah, three of the family is back. Yes. Do we expect Devin Harris to be back still? Um, uh, I don't know. I know. I don't know if he's going to play next year. You know. I know. So. It's kind of. It seems. I mean, at the end of the season, it seems like he wanted to play. Yeah. So we'll see. And if he's going to play, he's either going to play it in Dallas or they're going to trade him. They're going to sign and trade him somewhere, and he'll come back and play for Dallas when he gets bought out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's um. Let's talk about what else the Mavericks can do. So what yes. is what is left right now? So we talked about this cap space. Uh, here are the, some of the players that are left in free agency. Uh, can can we gonna... start with something? The the big the elephant in the room. Oh though, yeah. Danny okay. Green. We're all waiting on Kawhi Leonard. If once yes. once Kawhi Leonard makes his decision, then Danny Green, who seems like even from the first day of free agency, was the guy that the Mavericks were after. Yes. Um, they were waiting on Kawhi Leonard to make his decision. It's either going to be the Clippers, who still have space, even doing the Mo Harkless thing. They still have space to, to add Kawhi Leonard. They can only add Kawhi Leonard. That's the only space they have left. Yeah. Uh, they can add him, and they can you know do that. And uh, then Danny Green has a decision. He's like, well, I can go to the Lakers, who are going to have a whole bunch of space <laughs> because they didn't get Kawhi Leonard if he goes to the Clippers. I can stay in Toronto because they have his rights. Or I can go to Dallas, um, which we would like him to do. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, it's been widely reported, Townsend, everybody, Stein, that, you know, this has been the one of their bigger targets. They think uh, his fit next to Luke and KP is, uh, is a perfect fit, and it is. Like, this is, uh, yeah. it is a great fit. <laughs> this is the type of guy, a veteran, who is, uh, Seth Curry's the third best three-point shooter in the league last year. Danny Green was the second best three-point shooter in the league last year. So, if you can get two out of the top three in free agency, solid deal. They, uh, they could have gotten three with, uh, with Bojan, but, you know. <laughs> uh, but Come on, he, a good wing defender, everything you saw in the finals and all that stuff. So, the waiting is in that, and... If they don't get Danny Green, there's going to be a little bit more frustrations by this also because yeah. we have seen other deals fall to the side because it looks like the focus is on Danny Green. I think that the Danny Green thing played into the the, the Dragic thing because if you go back to Olenek making the 12 to 13 million compared to Dragic at 19 million and you say, okay, you know, Olenek plus Derek Jones Jr., that's about a $5 million difference than Dragic. What's the biggest difference? Why didn't they just take Dragic? Because I think they needed that extra five million to go after Danny Green because they've had their sights set on Danny Green. If they pulled in Dragic, that would have left them eleven million. And it, guys, it's going to cost more than eleven million for Danny Green. We've gotten that tweet, Sam, say, "What do you expect that deal to be?" I feel like some Mavs fans might be really upset and saying, "Oh, this might be an overpay for Danny Green." But if it literally comes out, um, let's just say if Danny Green does sign with Dallas, I wouldn't be shocked if it was like three for fifty. 
if it's 16 17 million dollars yeah. a year I, I i really fully expect it to be around 15 uh for sure but if it's a little over 15 a year and i feel like some fans will be a little upset with that but i think but he is a a, a great fit with this core so it's just a matter of wait a waiting game at this point i don't think the, you know if Kawhi picks the lakers they're not danny green isn't going to their exception or all that stuff he's not going to take that no. big of a pay cap yeah, probably to go to the lakers i think if that happens he'll be a, hopefully he'll be a dallas maverick we think um, I think the only way what people were talking about if he goes back to Toronto is only if Kawhi goes back there. The I think the mystery is what about the Clippers? If Kawhi goes to the Clippers, I know that they've shown interest in Danny Green. Can they create space to bring in Danny Green also? Can they dump Gallinari for something to create that space? I don't know. There's not too many teams with cap space to do that. Uh, I still want to be one of those teams that could do that. Yeah, could a swap of uh, Courtney Lee and, and Danilo Gallinari open up ten million in cap space for you know Clippers in which they could try to pursue Danny Green somehow? And then I don't they, know. They could stretch and wave him too and get probably get yeah. to Danny Green's number. Exactly. So that's what um, I you want to say if if Kawhi picks either of the LA teams that Dallas has a really really good shot at keeping Danny or keeping uh, at getting Danny Green. And I think because of that, because I think they know the money is on the table at, around that, you know, that price tag. So that's what Danny Green's the top one. So what happens with Kawhi? I don't think I don't ex- expect you to see anything with Dallas until that Kawhi things are drop, unless you know whatever. And th- it shows you that no one knows still what Kawhi is going to do at this moment at right past midnight because Danny Green's even waiting on Kawhi. If Danny Green came out and signed with Dallas or the Clippers or somebody a few days ago, there's no waiting. And if he's putting his future on hold because that means Kawhi is generally thinking about if he's going to go back to Toronto or whatever it is. Or if just Toronto take, wasn't or just even taking his time. <laughs> yeah, or taking his time and like so Danny Green's waiting on that. So yeah, Danny Green's the number one thing. Outside of that, what could Dallas do in addition to Danny Green or as a alternative to Danny Green if Danny Green goes with Kawhi somewhere? That's where is how can Dallas get better? Or what is the what is the shift in focus for Dallas? We've talked about the shift in focus before about how before they you know before they got Luca, it was who is going to be the next cornerstone star in this franchise they land Luca and then the shift in focus we talked about in this pod and I really pushed I said the focus now is how over the next two seasons you need to f- figure out is Dennis Smith Jr. the running mate for Luca and if not you need to try do everything you can to find that running mate for Luca and they went out and got KP I zoned out for a, for just a split second and then I I came back and you were saying the Mavericks need to find out if Dennis Smith Jr. is the running. I was like, did I zone out like a year ago? (laughs) But it's the shift in focus to where the shift, you know, the focus going into free agency was Kemba Walker. What's some bigger names. Now that those names are off the board, I think, and let's just say Danny Green goes somewhere else. I think the focus then should be how can we get, you know, some younger guys, Either take on and get some other assets in this mode too, because then at that point it's just a little bit shift in focus. So, what are some names you started to throw a list out there a little bit ago? What are some names besides the Danny Green thing that are still on the table? Yeah, let's um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll go through this list. I have a whole bunch of names, and I'll just run them by you know, kind of 
rapid fire style, and we'll see which ones you're interested in, and which ones you're just saying nah. Oh gosh. All right, Isaac. So obviously, Danny Green's still on the list. Um, let's go from the bottom. I'll go from the bottom up because the, <laughs> the top ones are more interesting. Okay. Jabari Parker. Uh, no. Javale McGee. Oh gosh, how deep is this list? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, Javale McGee was like decent last year. I know we and, joke about Javale McGee, but he was decent last year. I would almost do that just to see him and Tim McMahon back together again. Yes. They have a, a, a great relationship. Okay. Check Diallo, who we assume is just going to be on the Mavs eventually, but we don't know when. I fully expect him in training camp. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Tabo Cephalosha. Oh Gosh, he's still in the league. He's a He played last year. He's a decent yeah. three-point shooter if you look at his numbers. He you know plays that tough defense like – the Mavericks want. I mean, if he's still good, I just thought he was washed for some reason. I mean, th- this is these are not like okay. Here's an alternative to Danny Green. It's like you could add this guy and like a couple other guys to try and recoup. Okay, that, I right? mean, I get, I guess you could throw a flyer. I'm not all in on that though. No, uh, he shot. He played 50 games last year. He shot 44 percent from three. Oh, hmm. better than I thought. Yeah, he had a good year last year for okay. Utah. He, he wears Air Maxes uh, in the game, in games, and it always impresses me. But keep going. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, still not anywhere. Sure, why not? You put He can hit corner threes according to his open gym workout <laughs> that he posted on Twitter. Play him in Maxi off the bench? <laughs> That's interesting. The uh, Stanley Johnson. Oh, you know I'm down for taking a flyer on him. For like sure. these are still these are still flyer options yeah. that you're listing. I'm not uh, once we if you give me a few names, I'd say all right, I'd spend a little. These bit are of money these on are that. low risk guys right yeah. now. at The start of this, so he's probably gonna say yes this to is, all of them. It's kind of sad at this point. Um, <laughs> but anyway, keep Pat McCaw is restricted. I'm actually gonna take him off that. Okay. Um, David Nwaba. Oh, I've always liked him. Yeah, definitely a flyer. Me too. Yeah. He yeah. is a. Uh, he had that one run with the Lakers where he was like solid, and now Lakers fans just they follow him everywhere. They're like, "Where's David Nwaba now? Can we get David Nwaba back?" This is very weird. Justin Anderson, Simba, Flyer, Simba. I guess. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one <laughs> true king. Such raining. Um, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. No, bye. He's going to the Lakers. Jonas Jerebko. No, sorry. The Swedish Larry Bird, as Bill Simmons calls him. Justin Holiday. Uh, yeah, I'd take a flyer on him. I'd take uh, Mike. I don't know what he would cost right now. Yeah, I don't know either. Like he, the money is drying up right now, so it's just kind of hard to pencil in some. These, of these are all guys. flyers. Do you have any better names than flyers? <laughs> Vince Carter. That was my next oh, name. Stop for sure. Um, Jared Dudley. No, no, sorry. Not interested. Avery Bradley. No, not interested in Avery Bradley. I mean, I guess for cheap. Sure. Sign me up. Defender. Uh, the Morris brothers for sure. Now. Okay. This is the first name I'd actually spend money on Marcus Morris. I would spend money on him for sure. Uh, but I just, I think he's waiting on the Lakers thing and all that. Yeah. Uh, both of them are Willie Colley Stein, who we talked about a lot for sure. That's a name. I feel like I would. Uh, I'm more willing of taking a fly on him than you are. Is that right? Yes. And even at this point, even people would say, "Well, what about at this point?" No. 
I still stand by my point. And I think, honestly, I think the Mavericks stand by this too, that just because in a vacuum the deal looks good, like, okay, well, the money's all drying up, so he's not going to get as big of a deal as maybe he could have in a better situation. Let's say he was unrestricted and he could have gotten one of those deals from the Knicks or something like that. Just because you can get a guy on a good deal in a vacuum doesn't mean you want to bring in that guy because I don't think he would be good for the team. Yeah, um, I mean, he still, I think he still has his restricted tag with Sacramento. Yeah. So that, you know, however that plays out money wise. But I I just, I feel like at this point, considering the names on him, if you're just looking at younger guys that you could give a second chance to see what his play style fits what they want at the five spot. It uh, it really does, though. I'll be honest about that. And he's 25. So if you just go off that, that he's a seven footer that's 25 years old, that uh, is a former lottery pick, sixth overall pick. You know, in 2015, uh, and he fits that. If you go by that, you can understand the flyer thing. It's the it's the all the other stuff of his. You know, does he try hard all the time? You hear that a lot. What does just, he think he is? What does he think he is, and all that stuff? Not but, who, not but, like like who do you think you are? Like, what does he think he is as a basketball player? Is he going to come in and he's going to try to do Dwight Howard things, where he's like, I'm going to post up and I'm going to do these, you know, Willie Colley Stein things no. that that. Sacramento Kings fans, you know, hated him for. Uh, you seen you show him DeAndre Jordan tape. Struggles rebounding because he doesn't not, really, he doesn't try that much. You know, there's just things like that that I, I'm not into for a guy like that. Um, him and him and Demarcus Cousins, who we'll talk about, that's kind of the same wavelength for me, right? And we'll, we'll talk about Demarcus Cousins more, but that's kind of I kind of use the same rationale for both of them. Jamichael Green, it, um, no, not interested. Okay, another restricted guy. I, when I say not interested, I'm not. I'm, it's not anything against them. It's just now that we have Maxi and Dwight, you know, yeah. back, and the fact that you know KP's in there, and some of these guys could move to the four and all that. You don't want to move Maxi to five and have Jamal Green off the bench. Yes, there's only a a certain amount of names that I would say. You know, I'd put some money you know on them to be part of the bullpen. It's all about. Who's that other relief, you know, reliever that complements the other, and who who's the other bullpen guy we can add? Are you still just salty that I won that board bet where I said Jamichael Green would average more points and rebounds per game than Dirk two years ago? That was like two or three years ago. Every time I see Jamichael Green, that's the only I thing about, I, think I think about that bet. <laughs> <laughs> it only really worked because Dirk's minutes went way down that yes. season. Uh, yeah, Jamichael Green in a weird spot. I don't know what what he, I don't know what he's waiting around for. Okay, another restricted guy. Yeah, Kelly Oubre Jr. Man, this one's really interesting because I thought the thing with Phoenix would already be done at this point. Yeah, this is um, weird because it yeah. seemed like he really liked being there. He always posts about Valley Boys, talking about the Suns guys, and it seemed like he what? fit with their core. He, I think he played pretty well for them at the you know down the stretch. He at least put up numbers. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, and I think Philly's probably playing the game of. Uh, that everybody likes to throw out there saying, well, who are we bidding against? Because Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix, not Philly. So they're probably, they're probably set back saying they could have told him, go out there and get your offer. And then we'll see if we'll match, you know, match it. Cause that's an organization that might do that as crappy as that sounds, you know, that's yeah. an organization that might do that. So, I mean, he's still really young, but I just, I just always penciled him back in Phoenix. I think they want to get that done at some point. I think so too. He, uh, yeah, he finished the year averaging 20 points a game, five boards, oh. 
He shot 33% from three. 32 minutes. That's a decent, that's a decent end of his. So, uh, the thing about restricted two, we talked about this with Brogdon. Your money's getting tied up now. The Brogdon thing changed because they traded him. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's why that's why the money wasn't all tied up and they had to wait for all that. Um, but yeah, Kelly Oubre Jr. would be an interesting. He'd be an interesting at addition, I think. And then yeah. the last one, I mean, there's not that many. Is Demarcus Cousins. I feel like it's what the fan base is talking about right now. When, yes. <laughs> however you want to view that, good or bad, this is the spot that we're at. And um, I think I'm a little bit more about it than Nick is, but I mean, I definitely have my hesitations uh, about it. I just still feel like he might be going to the Clippers or the Lakers, uh, depending on just how the Kawhi thing drops. But I don't know. I mean, if Dallas wanted to spend, you know, money on him, uh, even money right now on him, I I think it would have already happened. But we'll see. It could be a thing to where Dallas feels like they're backed into a corner and they're like, hey, why not throw a one year deal at him with some money we have left over and see what he's got? Because I mean, this dude was, I mean, is a super talented guy. That I mean, it was just what a year ago, year and a half ago, Man. that I mean, he was just killing it and. Or however long ago it was. And I mean, so, he even had some good games in the finals. I'll give, I'll give him that. Like he had some really great moments in the finals where he looked kind of like that guy again. And you're like, dang, that that's the guy that everyone was super excited about pairing with Anthony Davis and and he just he, and he wasn't right in the finals at all. With no, the, health with, health wise. Yeah, with the the injury to his you know his thigh and stuff or his hamstring, whatever his leg uh, in the playoffs. So. Uh, who knows what Cousins is going to look? Cousins could be one of these dudes where he is a complete bargain for. If there is a random team out there that hands him, if the Hawks hand him like ten million for a year, and he goes there and just absolutely kills it because he just spent the off season getting back healthy and he's fine. So I don't know. I, I'm I could be convinced either way. I'm boogie. I'm not. I've I've been over this again and again, but I'll do it again. Um, I'm not super interested in Marcus Cousins because I think that he'll want to come in, especially if you just do a one-year deal. He'll want to come in and prove that he's back. And so that's taking away possessions from Luka. It's taking away possessions from Porzingis. And that's what I want the season to be is to be – or that's what I think the season should be. It doesn't matter what I want. But what I think the season should be is all about Luka and Porzingis, creating that chemistry, creating that bond, those two guys getting as good as they can, getting as many opportunities as they can. And with Demarcus Cousins, it takes – it takes away from what Luca and Porzingis already do best, right? And <laughs> it's score, yeah. stretch the floor, hit hit shots. Uh, there's good things about Demarcus Cousins too, for sure. I don't want to just crap all over him. He's a good. Pa- he's a really good passer. You saw that in the finals. He can hit an open shot. He seemed to play well with you know the 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 Warriors guys on offense and, and sort of play ball with them in the sense that he wasn't trying to just get his buckets in the finals. Now that's completely different situation, right? That's the finals with, with the Mavericks. You're talking about 82 games or 70 something games, however many he plays. And that's a different situation for, uh, for a guy like DeMarcus cousins who wants to come back and prove that he can be that guy again. And I don't think that this Mavericks team should bring in any of those guys, especially a guy that even at full capacity, full health, like, his skill set doesn't completely complement the other, like Luca and Porzingis, that well, right? I mean, he's a banger and he's going to rebound and he can still stretch the floor. That's true. He doesn't he does fit those the things. exact right. definition of the rim rolling, uh, protect the paint guy that we think that that spot should be in, or Carlisle, you know, all that stuff. But or the defend guys in space center, right? Like he doesn't do that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
He's not exactly what they would want. If he, if he was exactly what they wanted, and this was just a, like a rehab situation, and the Mavericks could take a risk on him, then yeah, I, I think I'd be more interested in that. Um, but because his main thing is you know scoring and taking up possessions and a lot of usage, I'm just I'm not super interested in that. Yeah, and I get that for sure. I can be persuaded either way on that. And just because I, it's going to come at a small deal, like Woj just said on on Sports Center that. Uh, there might not even be a mid-level exception, like a $5 million mid-level exception for him. It could be, you know, a minimum deal for him. And some people would say, man, well, we have to take him at a minimum deal. That goes back to my thing about Willie Cauley-Stein. Just because in a vacuum, the deal looks really good doesn't mean that they should bring it in because you still get the guy, <laughs> right? If like, he's on a minimum deal, he's not coming here. So let's be real about that. <laughs> if he's on a minimum yeah, deal, every team, in the, every team in the league is going to be calling it a minimum cause deal. Because <laughs> every team could grab him. Yes. So uh, now, okay. Can I go into what they could maybe look elsewhere on some additions? Because there's, there's a few different routes. They could also use Courtney Lee's contract or uh, go out there. They could circle back around on, I threw this out there a little bit ago, but, or uh, a few pods ago into Nick. What if they do take up the Knicks' offer on Nilakina at this point and saying, yeah. "Hey, we'll give you a we'll give you a second round pick, they or a have future extra second. seconds now." Yes, uh, for for Nilakina, we have some you know cap space, and hey, we'll take the flyer on Nilakina at this point. I'm a fan of Nilakina. I would I would give him a shot because he did shoot the ball really well before he came over here. And if you could make him this defensive you know guard, uh, I think he you know. Super long wingspan. I, I just think I would take the flyer on Nilikin and see what you know for a second round pick if you have the cap space. Yes. Um, if after the Danny Green thing either happened or didn't happen, and then you're like, okay, now what do we do? Now, then I'd be interested in Frank Nilikina. I wasn't before, but now you know I'd be interested in that case because his skill set would complement Luca and Borzingas. I think he's you know wing defender. He you know can be a playmaker at times. His shot was good coming out, coming out of the draft. We liked him coming out of the draft. Uh, he can do some things that compliment. He would compliment Seth Curry really well. If he got to his full potential, he would compliment Seth Curry in the backcourt really well. Yes, yes. So that that's something I would take the flyer on. Um, another thing is if they spend their money, let's just say they spend their money on Danny Green and then, you know, if they have some leftover on something else, could you flip Courtney Lee's $12 million? If you don't think Courtney Lee's going to play at all, could you flip him for uh, that banging type of center to add to your rotation to where that – double digit expiring contract is at least uh, going to something or to somebody that could play a few minutes for you. Would you flip Courtney Lee for Jan Mahimi in, in Washington to where it's just a flipping of these expiring bad contracts and you say, Oh, well, Jan might actually get some minutes bringing back Jan. I don't think that that's excuse the route me, you go. Me. That is NBA champion. Jan <laughs> Mahimi. You put some respect on that name. <laughs> Gosh. NBA champion. Uh, For the let love me throw of th- Dirk. Let me throw this one at you. What if Kawhi goes to one of the LA teams? Would Toronto entertain a Courtney Lee in two seconds for Serge Ibaka? Mm. Serge Ibaka is on an expiring contract of $23.2 million. If you swap that out with Courtney Lee, that would save him around $11 million right now. You get a couple seconds for that. That point, they're not winning the title without Kawhi. Then they roll with Siakam as their four with OG, and they got Marcus Gasol back, and they're not bringing a Bach off the bench, which is what they you know kind of did last year. 
And then Ibaka steps in as your other big next to KP down low. Would you be in favor of that? I would be in favor of that. I don't think the Raptors would do that. The Raptors can still make the playoffs even without Kawhi. Okay. I, I, Lowry, I Gasol, Ibaka, Siakam, Van Vliet, OG. That's that's still a playoff team in the East. So, true. So they that's try true. one more year to – because they have that's it's, a, it's an expiring deal. So uh, I think they would have to probably get a first to move off of that because – if they don't, then is it worth their while to you know move off of a guy that just won the championship with them that was actually pretty good, and uh, you know to move off of a guy like that? They'd rather have the production as a team that wants to make the playoffs than the asset. That's true, and I think that they would do that. I think the only way they would entertain that is, hey, Abaka and Lowry and Mark Gasol are all on expiring contracts, and yeah. they could all just walk for nothing. And we'd be could, rebuilding for sure. That could be like so, a you know used car lot at the trade deadline. Yes, for sure. Um, okay, these are these are the two like re- more realistic type of things I could see Dallas entertaining. Mm. I'll give you my second, or I'll give you my favorite one last. But this one, what if Chicago called? They're entertaining. You know, they're trying to give away Chris Dunn at this point. And what if it was Courtney Lee? <laughs> What if it's Courtney Lee for Felicio and Chris Dunn? So you take on Felicio. So Felicio enters your bullpen type of thing. He makes $8.1 million this year. Then he has seven point five next year. So why would Chicago do this? Because they would get off $7.5 million for Felicio next year. Why would why would Dallas do this? Chris Dunn, one, he, Chris Dunn is super tight with God Sham God. That, that's one of his guys. <laughs> and uh, so... However you feel about Chris Dunn, but Chris Dunn can play some defense. He's shown a little bit of signs. It's not my favorite deal in the world, but I could see you're saying, hey, we flop out Courtney, you know, Courtney Lee for Felicio, and you get Chris Dunn in the deal too, and whatever. Not my favorite deal, but are you out on that? Uh, not super interested in it, but, I mean, if it gets off Courtney Lee, then, yeah. Okay, so here, here's my thing with Memphis. Ian, was it Ian Begley that you sent me today? Or yeah, Ian Begley. Was it Ian Begley? It said that Dallas had shown interest into restricted free agent of, of DeLon Wright. Now, if you go back to DeLon Wright's draft, that was the Justin Anderson draft, and a lot of people had DeLon Wright uh, mock draft to Dallas in that draft. Uh, they were needing a point guard. Rondo had just uh, had his debacle. Uh, they were trying to figure out what the guard position looked like. So a lot of people thought that DeLon Wright could be Dallas's pick at 21. Uh, it obviously didn't work out. They had to get Justin Anderson. So now he goes to Memphis in that Mark Gasol trade. He finishes the season super strong with like three triple doubles. Now he's this 27-year-old restricted free agent, uh, this kind of a bigger point guard, a defense, but he doesn't really shoot the outside three hardly at all. But what would, with Begley saying Dallas is showing interest in DeLon Wright, what could Dallas, because he is in it, he is kind of like a Frank Nilakina type, like that body frame of they can't really, you know, they didn't really shoot the three that well, but they're long, lanky. They can get out and run. They can play some defense. They can drop triple doubles against the Mavs to drop triple doubles. So could they entertain Memphis in a sign and trade? In which they would send when Dallas would send like two second round pick. If okay, if Memphis thinks that they're just gonna let Delon Wright go. 
Okay. And they, and they're like, man, we have Ja Morant. We're not going to overpay a little bit to bring DeLon Wright off the bench. And Dallas says, all right, well, let's try to do some type of sign and trade. Could you convince Memphis to do Courtney Lee and two second round picks for DeLon Wright and Jay Crowder? <laughs> DeLon Wright going back to Memphis? No, DeLon Wright coming oh, no, to no, Dallas. No, I'm sorry. Courtney Lee going back to Memphis. Yeah. So, you say, okay, why would they do that? Well, they would, you know, Jay Crowder's on expiring contract. Then you would, they would get two seconds in the deal. And, you know, Courtney Lee, whatever, he's an, still an expiring contract. I would like a deal like that. That's my, that's one of my favorite uses of the Courtney Lee contract of if you can convince them, you do the sign and trade, you bring this, you know, younger guy like DeLon right in. I don't know how much they would pay uh, him. I just know that they uh, liked him around draft time a few years ago. And then Jay Crowder would fit in on, uh, on that wing rotation too. So it's it's something like that that don't count out the Courtney Lee contract yet. There are I think there are neutral deals that you could maybe look to swap out some of these things. There are different expiring contracts across the league uh, that are around that Courtney Lee uh, number in which you could swap out these contracts to where somebody else could actually get some decent playing time. Like if they called up, if Charlotte called up and said, hey. We'll give you Michael Kidd Gilchrist for Courtney Lee. Would you do it? Oh boy, yeah, probably. He's a functional I mean, player. Yeah, I mean, I feel right? like I feel like I would do it just to like. I mean, he can't shoot worth crap, but I mean, it's that it, that type of stuff to where you could maybe try to swap out that. Him and Dodo could work out together. <laughs> Three point shootout. Dodo, Dodo, Dodo would wipe the floor with him. <laughs> give me your favorite one. No, that was it. The Memphis the one. Del- Delon Wright one. I like Delon Wright. Delon Wright, Jay Crowder. If you could pull off, you know them too. I mean, yeah. If you want to go across the league, there's different little ones. It, you know, we briefly mentioned earlier if if the Clippers needed to get off money, would you know they do a a Gallo for Courtney Lee swap and save them ten million and all that? I don't know. You know, Gallo would be solid. You know, for the Mavs, but if you just go where Dallas is at, this is at the end of day two. Like we said, we're recording late uh, on Monday night, day two of, or day one. No, day one. Yeah, day one. No, day two. The first day of full, full day of free agency, July 1st. Um, a little bit better for where Dallas is at. You know, Landon, Seth Curry, and Maxi. Uh, you know, JJ's coming back and stuff. But really, everything right now, I think, for Dallas just hinges on the Danny Green situation. And I will be. Um, how will the fan base be if we walk out of this? Let's say, okay. Let's say Dallas signs Danny Green for fifteen million a year. At that point, Dallas still has seven million dollars to go yeah. out and spend. And who can they spend that on? It, how will the fan base be if Dallas walks away? If in two days Dallas added Seth Curry, Danny Green, and Willie Cauley Stein, how would the fan base be? Fan base would be really excited. Really? I still feel like they would like, cause even today I tweeted out and I said, this was before the Miami thing was, you know, finalized with a white side and all that stuff. I said, what if Dallas walks out of the next few days with Dragic and Danny green with the, with the fan base still say it's a failure. A lot of people were saying, no, that would be great. But a lot of people said, yes, this would still be a failure. And this would, you know, this is, this only sounds good because of how bad it's been and all that stuff. So I think, yeah, I wonder how the fan base would be if it's Danny Green and Cauley Stein over the next two days. There are super easy ways to spin those three guys being added to your team. 
there's what I tweeted out today, which is just Danny Green and Seth Curry's raw three-point percentage numbers. You just put them next to each other. We have two 45% three-point shooters next to Luka and Porzingis to space the floor for them. And yeah. then we have, you know, Willie Colley-Stein, who's this young guy. We're, you know, we like his upside. He was, you know, this pick in the draft, and we can uh, – you know, he's the rim roller that would fit perfect. You think about him as, like, a Tyson Chandler starter kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't oh, use gosh. that term phrase, but <laughs> I that. also think that there is, there's like this aura around a guy that a front office is fixated on that a front office is like, okay, we have our sights set on Danny green. And if you come away with that guy, then I think the fan base comes, comes away thinking that that's a success because you got the guy that you wanted, right? Yeah. If the, if everything and was, Donnie's Donnie and them is going to let us know too. If they land Danny Green, that first press conference is this is who we, we zeroed in on. We wanted him from day one. This was our main target. And so if, if they do that, then I think the fan base would would be like, okay, we succeeded in that. You know, maybe we didn't get Patrick Beverly because that seemed to be the fan base's number one option. But we got that. We got Seth back. You know, we got this guy Willie Colley Stein. We filled you know three starter positions potentially, and. Yeah, and, and and we kept all our guys. If they don't lose anybody, too. Like, if Dorian Finney-Smith leaves or if Maxi had yeah. left, then that would be a different story. But you add those guys, it's an easy way to spin it where the fan base would be excited. And after the Drogic thing, the the expectation level for fans, I think, is very low right now. Yeah, and I think that does play in into it, too. How Do you think the, the reaction, would, how different would it be if they walked out with Danny Green and Boogie. See, that would be interesting. That's a name people know. That you know, people it depends on how you feel about him, right? And I don't know what most people feel about him. Yeah. I don't that's the thing. Like how would the fan base be if they you know, it's like, hey, we we came out of free agency with Seth Curry, Danny Green, and Boogie Cousins. That'd be very mixed, I feel like. Oh, but yes. I mean, the <laughs> Twitter would just be a matter of arguments back and forth of you know what, uh, who who likes it and who doesn't. I think one of the biggest question marks I'll have over the next few days is how does Dallas view Brunson and Seth Curry as starting point guards? I, I'm really curious. I'm curious if they'll like use some of each that. other, not together. No, but I'm curious to see if they view if they're okay with one of those being the starting guard and being the starting defender against the other opposing guards, or if they view that as the second unit, you know, backcourt. And you can get away with that as your second secondary backcourt. That would be, that's a good secondary backcourt. Yes. Because in that scenario, somebody like if you go out and you steal DeLon Wright from, from Memphis and you bring in DeLon Wright and say, hey, we're going to start him with Luka because we need him to guard the Kyrie Irvings of the world, and then we're going to bring Seth and Brunson off the bench you know, together. I'm curious just to see how they view that or if they'll spend their money on Danny Green and then a big, and they're like, hey, we're comfortable with rolling with Seth or Brunson at that guard spot. I, I don't know how they feel, and that's what that's one of the questions that I'm anxious to see how they uh, how they answer that over the next few days. But like we said, everything hinges on what happens with Danny green right now. And we might not, there might be an answer by the time you listen to this, or we might still be waiting on that, on that answer come 4th of July. We don't know. Before we go, can we just take a minute and mourn that Kevon Looney went back to the warriors for 5 million a year. Those, that's one of those deals that if, 
they're waiting on the Danny Green thing to drop. And if they don't get Danny Green, that's where I can see a lot more frustration coming out because it's the loony type of getting five million a year that you're like, man, I would have gave it, given him like close to ten million this year. But it looks it looks like Dallas is holding their money right now, saving it to see what they can, you know, to see what you know if they can get Danny Green or not, and letting these other free agent, you know, signings go. We saw. I, I do want us to touch on this. I know we're super long at this point, but. The Patrick Beverly situation, you know, the LA Times guy, you know, published a story tonight. He talked to Beverly and about how, you know, free agency yeah, went we for him. And I think that it, it, it gave us a different perspective of what Beverly was wanting. And uh, I, the whole timeline of that to where, I mean, there were so many dots connected and so many rumblings about his, him and Dallas, uh, Bill Duffy and Dallas really liked him and everybody was talking about how good of a fit that would be. There was just a lot of mutual interest there. And it looks like as, as it got down closer to free agents that him wanting to go back to the Clippers and that comfort of playing with the Clippers meant the world to him. Uh, because in this article, the guy talks to Beverly and, and talks to him about the offers he had on the table. And he talks about the comfort and plan for Doc again, how he wanted to be back in, with the Clippers and stuff. And this is before we know anything about Kawhi. And he mentions in there, he directly says it, <laughs> oh, Sacramento came at me with a bigger offer. I took 9 to $10 million less to go back to the Clippers. That just shows you right there. It doesn't matter what you know what Dallas came and offered. I mean, he got the three-year, forty million that was being speculated and rumored about. It doesn't matter if Dallas offered him ten more million. It looks like I mean, he literally said he gave up that money. It wasn't about money to go back to the comfort of playing with the Clippers. And I know people threw out there of, oh, Dallas didn't even talk to him. You know, Brad Townsend people reporting saying Dallas didn't even talk to him in free agency stuff. What? I think if they if they didn't talk to him, then they knew that he was going back. Like, and that was communicated pretty well through the agent. That hey, like we we know that y'all like him, but because it just didn't, it wouldn't make sense to that. But they probably just knew he was going back to Clippers, and that's what he wanted. Do you think that there's a chance? Let's say Kawhi stays in Toronto or goes to the Lakers, that they do a West Matthews deal with Patrick Beverly. West Matthews deal with where they up it some? Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, I guess they could give him a little bit more money. Um, I don't know because I mean, it just shows you that it, it, this wasn't about the Kawhi thing. We thought that oh, you go back to the Clippers if Kawhi goes there. Yeah, it was not contingent yeah. on that, or maybe it is. Yeah. We still don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or maybe it is, and he knows Kawhi. I mean, he says at the end of that end of that piece of he's like, yeah, I've been, you know, I'm gonna reach out to Doc about reaching out to Kawhi and all that stuff. So. Also, shout out to Mo Harkless uh, tweeting out anybody got Kawhi's number when he got traded to the Clippers. Because, <laughs> and I'm glad you brought up Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless falls into the Kevon Looney type of thing too. Of that would have been a, a prime situation. A wing guy like Harkless, he could have fit here in Dallas. And I mean, they were looking for takers. Miami, who got him in that you know, that port that Whiteside trade. They were looking for somebody to take Harkless's contract, which is pretty favorable at like that $10 million mark. And they got a first for taking on Harkless's contract. I mean, this goes back to what Memphis got for Andre Iguodala yeah. and that pick to take on Andre Iguodala. 
that's how that's how you absorb contracts. That's and that's why the frustration came out about the Kelly Olynyk contract of man, Kelly Olynyk made more than Mo Harkless and the roster fit was iffy and there was another guaranteed year on it and they wasn't getting a pick or anything. So that's where frustration, you know, came from that. So could Dallas call up Memphis theoretically and say, Hey, we'll give you a uh, Courtney Lee for Andre Iguodala. Uh, feels like Andre Iguodala is just going to get bought out and go to the Lakers. Cool. Thanks. Uh, Palenka used to be his agent. Was well, Kobe going to come out of retirement soon? Just shoot threes from the corner and yell at everybody. Soft as Charmin, AD. Soft as Charmin. That'd actually be really funny if he did because then he'd take LeBron's limelight. That'd be so wild. I would laugh forever. Kawhi would then be the the fourth most famous person (laughs) on the court. (laughs) Gosh. The brow. He's got, you got at least the brand there. Now All Kawhi, right, if Kawhi hasn't made his decision yet, everyone right now, you just take your time and just do whatever you can for good luck. If you pray, pray. If you do rain dances outside, whatever you got to do for him not to go to the Lakers. Have you ever done a snow dance? Um, We've definitely talked about this on the podcast before. Have you ever done a snow dance? You're supposed to, when you're a kid, you're supposed to put your, at least this is what they told us in Ohio. You put your pajamas on inside out and you kind of do it like a dance, a circle, a circle dance. And it's supposed to like, weird. bring snow, and you get a snow day. Hmm. I never did that, but I'd like to have a snow day now. I think it worked once for me. I was going to say, I don't know if it's going to work in Dallas. But it's not about snow, Isaac. <laughs> You're trying to conjure good energy. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. I forgot. You don't do the conjuring thing. <laughs> no, I don't either. I don't. So, yeah, you're listening to this on Tuesday. We're a couple days into free agency. We'll see what happens with Danny Green. Uh, I do think that you would see a different, a new wave of frustrations if Danny Green does not land in Dallas. Um, and But yes. if he does, it, it's an uh, an amazing fit and an amazing add uh, to this team to compliment Luka and KP for sure. And you should be very, very happy if Danny Green lands in Dallas. And don't forget, I mean, we'll, we'll re- reiterate this for sure, but Dallas could go in as the only team with cap space going into the season. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen very often where there's like only one team. So they could be a landing spot. And uh, people made fun of the dumping ground thing, but that's how you get extra assets and that's how you can make extra trades. So yeah, that's uh, an interesting thing, especially with some expirings like like Courtney Lee and then Tim Hardaway Jr. next year is an expiring. This is like, a you know, GMs can't just look at, let me win this year in free agency. You have to look at the whole next five years now with Porzingis in tow. For sure. And that's another, that's another long-term view of some of these contracts of we think the Maxi and Seth Curry deals are favorable and they are. So if an, a guy comes available, you know, come in next year or so and teams are looking, they're like, man, they have Maxi, you know, Maxi and Seth Curry. They're on, they're locked in under contract very tradable on, deals too. on, yeah, very tradable deals. And so they, yeah, it's flexibility. The Maxi and Seth thing uh, were, were just great additions today and great signings uh, by the Mavs. Now we see how they can uh, top it off. Absolutely. There you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed this hour long podcast, man. We were in the top 90 in sports podcasts yesterday. Uh, one of our episodes. Insane. Somebody tweeted us and said, hey, you're above Shannon and Skip, and I've never been more proud. 
Thank you. We appreciate that. So yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, I think that was, I think Monday was our third most downloads we've ever gotten in a single day. So we're, uh, we're excited for that. Last month in June was our second highest month ever besides February of this past year. So we are, uh, we're still growing and we appreciate it. If you have a friend that listen that likes the Mavericks or just likes basketball, because there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that aren't Mavs fans, uh, text them this podcast. Yes. It's crazy the amount of people, the circles that, uh, yeah, of just different circles that I walk in with different groups of friends and they're like, bro, I love the Mavs and I have friends that love the Mavs and they like retweet your crap on Twitter. And I'm like, I know him, but he also does this Mavs stuff too. And it, it just shows you this. He's like, I've heard about your podcast and I'm not some, some of the friends in my life that are like, Hey, I don't even like sports, but I've heard about locked on Mavs yes. because it has grown a lot in, in the city. And uh, I mean, it's not overstating say around the world because we have people listen to this around the world so shout out to you shout guys. out to the slovenians that were very upset that Dragic was not going to be a maverick i know i was there with you guys i wanted that to happen for your country guys thanks so much for listening to locked on maps peace out boom